in James, the book of James. We are. This is our uh, summer series. It's going to take us uh, 12 or 13 weeks to get through uh, this um, very practical book. And uh, this morning, I have too much information to share with you in one one uh, Sunday. So this is going to be a two-part uh, series as uh, we go through uh, this subject on the Word and what James James has to say. Now, my question as I begin this morning is uh, when you get something new and uh, it comes with instructions, there's an, a manual, how many read the manual before you venture into the new project? Okay, raise your hands real high. Okay. Well, I would have anticipated more than that number of hands because this is an engineer community. We have a lot of engineers in our church. So engineers, I'm disappointed in you. I figured that you would to read the manual. But uh, but uh, that's probably about 20% of us here in the room that uh, read the manual, maybe more in the, in the traditions venue this morning. But uh, I am not one that reads manuals. You know, when I get something new, I just want to kind of jump into it and figure it out on my own. Now, there are exceptions. You know, my wife got me a fish fryer uh, last year. And, uh, and I've never fried fish in this fish fryer. And a couple of weeks ago, I uh, had some trout. Uh, we had some guests over, and I was going to fry this trout, and I didn't want to ruin this trout. I I was frying zucchini also, okay? So I didn't want to ruin things, and so I made sure that I followed the instructions, and it turned out pretty good. But typically, that's not what I do. You know, I don't know about you, how many of you have a problem with uh, figuring out the clock in your car, you know, I've never read the manual on how to change the clock in my car. And uh, typically when it comes to time change, you know, I'm at slow at trying to figure out that clock one more time. And it's only until about, you know, months into the, having had the time change that I finally get around to changing the clock. And I'm not reading instructions. I'm just trying to figure out. It's so frustrating. And I say, oh, yeah, that's how it works. And then six months later, after a time change, two months, you know, after I change clock, I'm at the same spot again. And uh, and that's just for a simple little car clock today. You know, my boys, when they get, they they have their their automobiles, they don't have these simple little clocks uh, their stereo system is this great big screen. And, you know, I'm trying to figure out that screen. If I'm driving their car, I'm trying to figure out that screen going 70 miles down the freeway, trying to put on music. I can't do it. And it's so frustrating because, you know, I'm not going to read the manual. I'm, I'm just going to try to figure it out on my own. And this Pokemon game. You know, uh, my, I set, last night I sat down with Logan and I said, Logan, would you please explain to me this Pokemon game? And, uh, he rattled off some things and, you know, I'm not understanding and, and, you know, I'm not one to try to go 
read a manual and figure out this game. I'm just going to go walking around the block and uh, try to figure out this game on my own. That's dangerous to do because uh have a tendency of walking off a curb or walking into, into a busy intersection. But I refuse to read the manual, to read instructions. Now, you laugh at me, but some of you are the same way about Facebook, okay? There are some of you that are really good at Facebook, and there's others you are terrified of Facebook. You don't know how to do Facebook, and so you're not going to figure it out. Well, we want to help you figure out Facebook. We want to be able to uh, help you learn how to check in at our church. And uh, we have assigned Nathan Webb to put together an instruction video for you to be able to do Facebook. Okay? Because when you figure out Facebook, you know what? You're going to be wasting so much time in life. It's, it's going to be great. But... <laughs> But uh, Facebook is a wonderful t- tool to, f- to, uh, to know what's happening in, in your friends' lives and to keep them posted as well. Now, actually, I got a, um, um, an email from a senior adult in our church this morning. And uh, she said, I signed up for Facebook and want to cancel it. Pestering me daily is not what I had in mind. But, uh, but then she, f- she sent me this uh, funny story, and it's about this uh, a senior adult's experience on Facebook. He says, says this, I am trying to make friends outside of Facebook while applying the same principles. Therefore, every day when I walk down the street, I tell, the passer- tell passerbys what I have eaten, how I feel at the moment, and what I have done the night before, and what I will do later, and with whom. I give them pictures of my family, my cat, other dogs and cats, selfies of me standing in front of landmarks, having lunch, and doing what anybody and everybody does every day. I listen to their conversations. I give them the thumbs up and tell them I like them. And it works just like Facebook. I already have four people following me. Two police officers, a private investigator, and a psychiatrist. <laughs> well, I'm not sure that's what's intended, but, uh, but Facebook is a, is a fun social media t- tool. But you've got to be educated on how to use it. And, and I have found that when I don't read the manual... You know, I just try to launch into it on my own. Um, I find myself making a lot of mistakes. Um, for example, I, I'm into drought-resistant plants right now. You know, I've kind of zero-scaped a, a portion of my front lawn. And uh, so I've become a connoisseur, uh, an expert of drought-resistant plants. It's amazing the number of plants you can grow in the desert, uh, the variety of, of flowered plants. But I didn't take time to read the instructions of these drought-resistant plants. And so I've planted these plants, and I'm watching them, and I'm thinking, boy, these, these plants are thirsty. It's really hot, and I need to water them. 
and I'll water them. And after a while, some of them are looking really puny like this one right here. Uh, Believe it or not, that plant is still alive, okay? There's just a little bit of green there that's hanging on. And uh, I thought for sure, you know, that it was because it was thirsty, and so I kept pouring more water on it, and it kept getting worse. And so finally, see that little card there? On the back of that card is some instructions, And so I turned the card over and read the instructions. And the instruction says, needs very little water, low water. And so I stopped watering it. And so there's just that little bit of green that's hanging on, and I'm hoping that that plant is going to begin to thrive. But then I began to think to myself, well, Maybe that's the problem in my backyard because my plants, they're drought resistant. They've been planted for three or four years and uh, they're having the same thing. And I went back and looked at them and yeah, the ground is moist around all those plants. And I've killed off some of those plants because I wasn't following instructions. When we don't read manuals, we have the tendency of making Lots of mistakes. But I've got some good news for you this morning. When it comes to life, God left us with a manual on how this life is supposed to work. Someone showed me an acrostic one time of uh, the Bible. The Bible stands for basic instructions before leaving earth. God has given us an instruction manual. And when we read this instruction manual, we learn how to uh, be better in our marriage relationships, how to be better parents, uh, how to be better in relationships in general, uh, how to be good employees, uh, how to uh, manage our finances well, Um, how the church is to be organized and run and and people to be discipled. There's lots of things in this manual that will help you and I through this life. But the problem is a lot of us don't read it. We don't pay attention to what it says. And as a result, we make a lot of mistakes. You know, I've shared with you uh, a lot of examples about uh, my weight loss um, over uh, this this last year. And, uh, you know, and, and Susan and I for several years, um, we really kind of abused our bodies. But over the course of this last year, we got obedient. And we've been able to go into some places uh, here in the eastern Sierras and explore and to experience some things that we were incapable of doing when we were abusing our bodies physically. And we've wasted a lot of years. And we've, we've, shared, with each, we, we've shared with each other, you know, we should have done this a long time ago. And we can't recapture those years and because we made a lot of mistakes. 
And the same is going for is for you too. We need to read the owner's manual, and we need to follow what the Bible has to say for our lives. And um, and I just want to mention this uh, this morning when I'm looking forward to this next year. Now we're past the weddings now. Okay, we've been sweating for the weddings since last October. It's been a great experience, but I need to have a new goal now. If I don't have another goal, you know, again, I'll probably default to my old ways. I don't want to default to my old ways. And so the goal that I've set for myself in this next year, don't have a heart attack, okay? I want to climb Mount Whitney. Climb Mount Whitney. Now, I'm not sure I'm going to get to the top, but I'm going to give it my best shot. And there's going to be some uh, some exercise and some things that I'm going to have to do in preparation for Mount Whitney next July. And I want to encourage any of you who are here in our service that want you've you've des- had a desire to climb Mount Whitney, join me next July. Uh, there's going to be some uh, projects along the way. Uh, in October, I want to cl- I want to climb uh, Owens Peak. And never have climbed Owens Peak. But uh, things of this nature over the course of this next year in preparing for Mount Whitney next July. And if you're, if that's something that intrigues you and you want to join me, I, I, I need partners. Okay? My boys are going to climb Mount Whitney, Mount Whitney with me next, next summer. But uh, I would like to take as much of the church along with me as I possibly can. So that's my goal for next year. But getting back to the word. God has given us a manual. And when we don't read the manual, when we don't follow the instructions, we have a tendency of making a ton of mistakes and wasting a ton of potential in our life. And by living that kind of lifestyle, the Bible says that the wages of living that kind of lifestyle, ignoring the guidebook, is sin and ultimately leads to death. And so this morning in the book of James in chapter 1, we're going to be looking at the Word, paying attention to the owner's manual, to God's uh, directions. And as we we look at the Word this morning, the context of James has been trouble and temptation in chapter 1. And had we paid attention to what God's word says when trouble and temptation come our way, guess what? We could be prepared. But if we're not in this book, we don't understand God's plan and purpose when trouble and temptation comes our way. And so here's the truth that I want to leave with us this morning, a truth and an application. God's word is the only source for experiencing freedom and fulfillment in life. God's word is the only source. You're not going to find it elsewhere. You're not going to find it in People's Magazine, Reader's Digest, any other publications. God's word uh, is the source for experiencing freedom, true freedom and fulfillment. Look at James 1.25. James 1.25 says, But the man who looks 
intently into the perfect law that gives freedom and continues to do this, not forgetting what he has heard, but doing it, he will be blessed in what he does. We're going to be looking at what that means uh, this morning. But here's the application. The application is if we want to experience life as God designed it, we must pour ourselves into both knowing and following God's word. And that's the mission statement of our church, Emmanuel, is to know and follow Jesus and make him known to all people. It's not just knowing the word, but we must do the word. We must obey the word. And and, uh, we had a heated debate on this a few years ago when we brought the leadership of the church together and, and talked about our mission statement, talked about our values. Knowing the word and being instructed in the word is important, but following him, being obedient to him is just as important. And we're going to look at that at, at the why this morning. But then making him known to all people. And when we pour ourselves into the word of God, God will bless our life and, and we won't be caught off guard. Second Timothy chapter 3, verses 16 and 17 says, All scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness so that the man of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. God has given us all the resources that we need in his word to live a life that is satisfying, that is fulfilling, that is blessed. But we've got to take time to read it. And so this morning, James spells out for us how we are to read the word and how to get the most out of reading God's word this morning. So several things I want to share both this week and next week. How do we get the most out of God's word? Number one, we must be ready. You must be ready. Look at James 1, verses 19 and 21. My dear brothers, take note of this. Everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry. Therefore, gird, therefore get rid of all moral filth and the evil that is so prevalent and humbly accept the word planted in you, which can save you. How do we meet, get the most? How do you get the most from God's word? Number one, we must be ready for it. That means, number one, we need to open our ears. James says, be quick to listen. We need to be ready to hear what God's word says. What, what is contained in this book are the words of the living God. And he has something to share with you, but our ears must be open. We've got to get rid of the distractions and focus on what the word is saying. Have open ears. Number two, have a closed mouth. 
James says, be quick to listen, slow to speak. You know, we all need to learn that lesson. You know, typically we're talking more than we're listening. And it's disruptive to relationships around us. And it's disruptive to your relationship with God. God has given us two ears and one mouth. That means we need to be listening twice as much as we're talking. Have a closed mouth. And then third, in order to be ready, we need to come with the right spirit. Look at verse 21b. He says, humbly accept the word planted in you, which can save you. Humbly accept the word. Why are you here this morning? Are you here this morning because this is what you're supposed to do? It's Sunday and you got to put your time in. Or did you come this morning because you want to hear the word of God speak? You don't want to hear Bill Logan speak. You want to hear the word speak to you. God's spirit speak to your heart. If, if that's the attitude of your heart, guess what? If you're hungry and you're thirsty for him and his presence, he's going to fill you up. But if you're just here to put in your time because this is what you're supposed to do, you're going you're gonna to leave just the way you came in. But don't waste your time this morning. Allow the Spirit of God to speak to your heart. And for him to speak, you've got to be in the right frame of mind. Humble and hungry for the word of God. And finally, to be ready, James says, you need to have a pure heart. Verse 21 says, therefore, get rid of all moral filth and the evil that is so prevalent. What are you entertaining these days? If you're entertaining yourself with the things of this world and this, this, the things of this world are cluttering your mind, uh, captivating your attention, you're not going to hear God, God speak. James says, get rid of all moral filth and the evil that is so prevalent. And evil is so prevalent today, isn't it? I don't have to tell you, you see it all around you every single day. For God to speak, you must purify your heart. Come to him, seeking his forgiveness. Asking him to give you the strength to say no when you've been saying yes. So be ready. The second thing James points out to us in getting the most from God's word for God speaking to us is not only must we be ready, but we must be receptive. Verse 21 says, accept the word planted in you, which can save you. Accept the word. Don't race over it. What is God saying? Take it seriously. He's telling you something. People who aren't receptive to the word, 
they don't want to hear it. They, want it. they don't want to know what it has to say. You know, when I'm entertaining sin in my life, you know, I'm not concerned with what the Word says. I, I'm not even going to the Word. Or if I'm going to the Word, you know, my mind is cluttered with so much else, I'm not getting anything out of it. And, you know, I'm, I'm the same way when it comes to bathroom scales. You know, when I'm, when I'm being obedient in the things that I choose to eat in my exercise routine, I know exactly where those scales are in my bathroom. And I'm eager to get on those scales. I'm eager to read what it's going to tell me as I stand on those scales. But if I'm being disobedient, I don't even see those scales. And there's been lots of periods in my life where I haven't got on scales for two, three, or four years because of my disobedience. And we're the same way with the Word of God. We must be receptive. We must take it seriously. How many men, how many husbands have I talked to who for years their wives have been telling them, you know, if they don't change or, um, you know, if they don't begin to do things differently, they're going to leave. And it's going in one ear and out the other. But then one day she wakes up and she says, I've had enough. And she leaves. And I have had more conversations with husbands than I wanted to have. Husbands who are now taking their wives seriously. No, they've been avoiding the voice for all those years, but now they are taking her word seriously and they're trying to change. But at that point, it's too late. James is telling us, that if we are going to hear the word of God in our life, if the word of God is going to transform our lives, we've got to take it seriously. We've got to be receptive. Listen to what it says. Third, we must be responsive. We need to do what it says. Look at verses 22 through 24. James says, do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. Anyone who listens to the word but does not do what it says is like a man who looks at his face in a mirror and after looking at himself goes away and immediately forgets what he looks like. When we read the word, when a person reads the word, and doesn't do what it says. The Bible says, James says, it's like going to a mirror and looking at what you see in the mirror and not doing anything about it, walking away and then forgetting what it is said. Thank God for mirrors. But do we take mirrors seriously? Are we looking intently into the mirror and doing something about it? Have you seen... Um, on the internet, pictures of Walmart shoppers. 
You know, there are some very interesting, and I'm being very, uh, you know, diplomatic when I say interesting characters who have been, had, had their picture taken in Walmart. I mean, what is going on? Didn't they look in a mirror? I'm sure they had to have looked in a mirror, but they obviously didn't do anything about it. I mean, either either they don't care or they think they look okay. And either way, they need some help. Reading the word of God, coming to the word of God is like looking into a mirror. And when we look into a mirror, we need to do a careful examination and make corrections accordingly. Because if we don't, we look rather ridiculous. The purpose of a mirror is for examination. When we come to the word of God, if we want to get the most out of reading God's word, we've got to carefully examine ourselves because it's like looking in a mirror. And when you examine yourself, um, you'll see things that you need to change. And we need to take that seriously. We need to do something about it. We need to do what it says. You know, I, I remember uh, this last, after this last uh this Christmas holiday, I was walking late at night and I, and I fell square on my chin about 10 o'clock at night and ripped it wide, op- wide open. It was so, I had an audience, you know, that was so embarrassing. You know, someone was, a, I was walking across a four-way stop and tripped over the curb on the other side and then there was a car watching me cross the, the roadway. And I knew they were watching it. They watched me fall and I was so embarrassed, I didn't even try to turn around and say I was okay or anything. I just got up and kept on going. But in ripping that chin wide open, I had to grow facial hair. You know, I couldn't shave anymore. And I found myself looking in a mirror far longer than I wanted to. But I had to to make sure that I was cutting my my goatee or whatever it was very carefully so that I wasn't out of balance or anything. And uh, finally, when I got to the point where my chin healed, I, I shaved off my, uh, my facial hair because I was tired of looking intently into a mirror every single, every single morning. But that's what needs to happen when we come to the Word of God. The Word of God is a mirror. And it's going to show us some things that we don't like. And as we examine... We need to make the correction. We need to fix it. Because if we don't fix it, James says, if we ignore it, if we walk away from that mirror and don't do anything about it, we have forgotten what the word of God says. And we are going to look rather ridiculous out in public. The purpose of the word is to make correction. And as we make correction, guess what? 
transformation occurs. We become more like Jesus. And we get the most out of God's word. So my question to you this morning, has God been speaking to your heart? He can. He wants to. Jesus says in John chapter 10, verse, verses 27, 28, my sheep hear my voice and I know them and they follow me. We have the ability to hear God's voice. But we've got to be ready. Our ears have got to be open. Our mouths need to be closed. Our hearts need to be prepared. Our hearts need to be purified. We need to come to the word humbly, enthusiastic, desperate for God's voice. And when we have that kind of attitude, when we take it seriously, when we do what it says, transformation will occur in your life. But not apart from a relationship with him. We must be in relationship with Jesus. Look what James says in verse 19. Chapter 1 says, My dear brothers... When you come into relationship with the living God, the Bible says you become a child of God. And in a church, there are lots of children of God. And God is our heavenly father. And we have the opportunity, the privilege as children of God to relate to, uh, to each other as brothers and sisters in Christ. God's word won't change your life unless you're in a relationship with him. God must be not just your creator. He's got to be your father, your dad. And he cares about you. And you've got to be dependent on him. And he has something to say. When you go through trouble, James 1 says, you're going to go through trouble. You're going to go through temptation. But if you've read the manual, you're paying attention to what it says, you're not wasting your life. God is using you to glorify him and bless your life. Take his word seriously. Be in relationship with him. Let's pray. Do you have a relationship with Jesus this morning? It's far more than coming to church. It's far more than keeping the Ten Commandments. 
by doing good things. None of those things will bring you into relationship with, with Christ. The Bible says the only way you can be saved is believing what Jesus has already done for you. Jesus died on that cross. Jesus lived that perfect life that you can't live. And when you choose to believe that Jesus died for you, that he rose from the grave for you, turn from sin and trust him, the Bible says you become a child of God. Don't leave this service this morning without knowing Jesus personally. We're going to sing a song in just a moment, a song of worship. And we have people in the dining hall that would love to share with you how you can come into a relationship with the Lord this morning. Take advantage of this opportunity. And then Christian, when was the last time you heard God's voice? God has given you an instruction manual to help this life make sense. To help you not just survive this life, but thrive in this life. There are so many opportunities of blessings out there for you that you've got to follow his instructions. Don't waste your life. Don't continue to live life as you're living it and someday down the road say, I wish I had done this earlier. Do it now. Freedom. Life only comes by following his words. Father, you know the heart's of individuals in this place this morning. Your word has spoken. God, may we do something about it this morning. May we leave here differently than when we came in this morning. Thank you for being our father, that good father. May we trust you and believe you for your best as we live our lives for you. In Jesus' name, would you please stand with me as we sing Good, Good Father. If you need prayer this morning, go to the dining hall. There's people there who can pray for you, counsel you this morning. But let's worship our Father this morning.